millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. On today's episode, it's Rove McManus time as we dive into the fifth episode of the new Doctor Who season, Flux. My name is Justin Hamilton, and you better answer my questions or I'll bite your toes here at Big Squid. Thank you very much for joining us today. It's the start of a new week, and that means we have a new episode of Doctor Who to dig into, the penultimate episode of the six-part Flux series, and there is plenty for Rove and I to discuss yet again. I'm sounding like a broken record. I'm really enjoying this series. Starting to get a little bit worried as we get to the uh, penultimate episode where you're like, God, how are they going to land all of this? But why worry? Why not just be in a good mood and figure they will land it and then we'll see next week and we'll go from there. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. This is a fun series. So... A lot to discuss, but before we get into it, uh, just to let you know, this week we're going to have three podcasts coming out, so this one today, tomorrow we return to the world of David Lynch with his insane adaptation of Dune, which is really good timing because after I finish doing everything that I'm doing here, I'm off to a preview of the new version of Dune, so that's right. We will have back-to-back Dune episodes over the next couple of Tuesdays. I'm really looking forward to that. I have kept away from reviews. I've kept away from just about everything with uh, this new version by Denny Villeneuve. So I can't wait to see how it all plays out. I'm a Timothy Chalamet fan, so I have high hopes for uh, a movie that stars him. Uh, then, of course, on Thursday, we continue our Space Policy series with the 70s cult classic Silent Running. So you've got a few days to go and check that out. For those of you who got angry at me because E.T. made you sad, 
be careful with silent running as well. It's not as good as ET, but it 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 might squeeze some tears out. So <laughs> be careful. That's all I'm saying. Just be careful. But that does mean you're getting a double dose of Ben Elwood this week, which is always a good thing. Uh, next week, I'll let you know how we're going to navigate the Christmas break and then how we will launch back into the new year. Season five will continue. Look, I love making this podcast, but I am definitely going to need a little break. Uh, but we will keep things rolling here. So there will be some mini episodes coming your way and you will at least have options in that very busy time of the year to check out uh, what we're up to and be able to listen to Big Squid. As my regular listeners might be aware, we've launched a Patreon for the podcast that gets you all types of bonus apps, scripts for the podcast, early looks at new segments, and you also have an episode dedicated to you. And today's shout out goes to David Brogno, who joined our Facebook group, our private Facebook group in June of this year, and is now one of the podcast patrons. Uh, thank you, David, for taking the time to sign up. And from everyone who works with me on the podcast as well, we really appreciate your support uh i hope you're well and i really hope you're able to put up your feet over christmas have a bit of downtime before it all cranks up again next year i hope it's just nice and peaceful that's what i wish for everyone actually just a nice peaceful christmas break so thank you very much david if you'd like an episode dedicated to you along with a bunch of other goodies head over to patreon and look up justin hamilton big squid and you'll find a tier that suits you Okay, let's grab Rove, because the last time we saw the Doctor, she'd been transformed into a weeping angel, which I reckon is maybe not a good thing. Let's find out how she's going to escape this situation in Survivors of the Flux. It's very hard. Pattern optimization in progress. We've been in this decades for three years now. Do you think we'll ever get back? Companies for Tulum Pirate Fleet. Earth's shield is now breachable. How you expect to protect this pitiful race, I do not know. Can you feel the time force growing? It's working. Just as we planned. Last week, Conservative MP Nick Fletcher stated in Parliament that because popular entertainment like Doctor Who has transformed the male character into a female character, young men lack role models and they turn to crime. Rove McManus, what crimes have you committed since Jodie Whittaker took over? Well, look, I've committed many crimes against comedy. That's uh, <laughs> I've got a long-standing record for that. Oh, isn't that a wonderful outlook to have? You know, don't don't change my stuff. And I'm and I would also I would counterpoint. Have you even watched an episode of Doctor Who? Don't tell me you have. I wouldn't believe no. you anyway. You don't yeah. understand. This is how yeah. it works, you idiot. Oh my god, it's so good. Look, in his defense, like once the doctor became female, I only had Ethan Hunt, Captain America, Batman, James Bond, Jason Bourne, Indiana Jones, Han Solo, <laughs> John Book, the protagonist, Cobb Cooper, Russ Cole, Hawkeye, 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 Sherlock Holmes to look up to. So I And eighteen different Spider Men. <laughs> Yes, so, you know, it's just been crime ahoy on my side of yes. things. If only I had that role model. Oh, and, of course, we get uh, we get a female doctor, and lo and behold, the whole planet's locked down thanks to a global <sighs> pandemic. Yeah. Uh, how convenient. Yes, I, you know what? I saw it coming. 
I saw it coming. So much you can blame. So much. <laughs> so much that she should be held responsible for. You know, when I see these things, my first reaction is, aren't you embarrassed <laughs> to be standing up in Parliament and saying this? Yeah, I do think, like, I, there's no tongue in any cheek here. It's just nah. you... And I, I get that some of them just like to make a splashy headline. I, I yeah. must admit, I was kind of chuffed to go, oh, okay, if you think that's... You, you obviously think that's a mainstream target. You obviously feel making that reference to Doctor Who now being a woman is something that everybody understands, that, that mainstream Australia and wider than that get as a reference. People aren't going, wait, you mean it's still not that curly-haired guy with the long <laughs> scarf? What are you talking about? <laughs> what? So I kind of took it as a, as a wonderful compliment. You know, yeah. if you mentioned... I don't know, the suggestion that there could be a new female James Bond and got all huffy about that, I would say, wait a minute, we've already done it on Doctor Who. How dare you? So yeah. I'm happy to be I'm happy to be included, to be honest. <laughs> it's a good way of looking at it. It's a sign of I'm positivity. I'm happy to be the ones responsible. And I just wish there was more crime going on. I wish there was more, um, you know, uh, ills in the world that could be blamed on Doctor Who so that we could take <laughs> credit for it. Like yeah, if anything, you go, yeah, there's not really, but geez, it would be nice if there was to go, yeah, that's us. Thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. We, we did that. <laughs> we're on a list. Woohoo! <laughs> finally, finally. Always wanted to be on a list oh, too. So. It, it, look, sometimes it really is. <laughs> Doesn't matter what the list is, you're on the list. Great. I'm in. Great. Fantastic. As long as people are talking. Uh, so much <laughs> in this episode is uh, really mm. juicy. Uh, I have to say, right off the bat, it was really kind of nice to see that the doctor changed back straight away because you know she's going to change back, so let's just change her back immediately. <laughs> we didn't have to uh, have her taken off the board for too long. And what I really enjoyed about that, not only the, the image of all the weeping angels, but, man, they just seem nastier, don't they? They seem to have oh, a little yeah. bit more of a streak of cruelty going on. As we talked about last week... Villains with a motive yes. are, are, are really great and and it is important and yep. it can be difficult with, with characters like the Weeping Angels to know what to do with them and how to represent that. So the fact that we're inside this hive mind, I guess, mm. at first, mm. uh, and it's great that shot we had closing last week into this week with just a C. I don't know what the collective noun is for angels, weeping or otherwise, but <laughs> stacks heaps of angels. <laughs> you forget how impressive that is. And yeah. they're not doing anything, but Jesus just it's they're, they're still scary. Yeah. Um so that was that was really wonderful and a great way of being able to get all of that exposition and motive and, and backstory out in a way that made sense. I thought it was was great. And, yeah, you're right. It's just really easy to just wave the magic wand and and say, yep, she's she's back, she's fixed. It was just a way of, of you know, the, the angels just being shitheads yeah. and saying, well, we just wanted to turn you into one of us because it, it keeps you still. It's a bit, yeah. you know, hand solo carbonite stuff. Yeah. Easy to transport. I mean, it makes you very breakable. I just want to make this very clear to the angels, just packing fees, you know, a, a human, a fleshy kind of humanoid body is going to pack a lot easier than a stone statue. So yeah. 
I don't know what what their shipping rates are, but it would be through the roof. Oh, so like when you go to buy disaster. something on eBay, and you go, "Oh, this thing's only two dollars fifty, and they'll say shipping and handling a hundred thousand dollars." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Insurance. I thought it was really, I thought it was really cool. And yeah, just at the end of it, just to go, yeah, she's she's back now. I I take it that's what's happened. We're not still in some sort of uh, the the ood has converted her now, and she's un unangeled. I, yeah. I I took that to be that's where we're at now. Correct. Yeah, yeah, she's just back yeah. to normal and it's all sorted yeah. and uh, we get Happy. to move on with it. One one of the aspects of the series that I've really dug is that we're digging into a very relatable truth in a, you know, in a big sci-fi show and that is the Doctor just doesn't want to recover her memories because they're hers. She's trying to understand who she could have been if she hadn't been taken to Gallifrey and this is a fundamental building block of everyone's personality. Who could we have been if we knew our real parents or if we'd been encouraged at school differently? or made different friends. Where, where do you think this storyline will take the Doctor? Well, I'm still unsure as to the Doctor's motivations. I know there's a, there's that very, um, I guess, human trait of just wanting to know, like, you know, if mm. someone's erased your memory, of course you'd want to know. But yeah. I'm starting to think now, as we were sort of raising in the past, how much does she really, is it about her? How much does she really care about well, how many were there of me? Was there hundreds? Was there thousands? And how much of it is just the fact that Division did it? And if all they did was erase, you know, a couple of years or a couple of weeks of her memory, she probably wouldn't be as mad. I think it's about what Division did. And that's her motivation. Whether it happened to her or not is not as important as the fact that Division did it and they were meddling. And if she is this timeless child, as she herself was saying, well, you shouldn't have come and messed with me. Like, you should have left me there. You know, you assume I came through the wormhole, but you don't know. What if I was waiting there to be collected by someone? What if I was supposed to be taken through it? What if ever whoever left me there was taken through the wormhole and was coming back? All these sort of options. I think that's what it's about now. She just she wants to know what's happened so that she can use that against division. I don't think it's necessarily about filling in the gaps for her as much as it just builds evidence against division. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was an interesting idea that maybe, you know, maybe whoever left her there thought, oh, it might be dangerous in this other universe. We'll just leave our daughter or our friend or whatever she was to those people. And then they've come back and like, holy moly, she's gone, you know, and now. Yeah, imagine that. That's just, It's a really good point. It, to me, it almost was putting out there from a writer's point of view, Maybe a lot of the theories that have been out there, well, how did she come there? What was, you know, the, who, who left her there? Was she there for a reason? Uh, all, all those sorts of things. Um, you know, I think even initially when the master told this story, she was described as being abandoned. So you just assume, oh, yeah, there's this child just sitting there. But you go, yeah, in front of a giant bloody gateway. Yeah. <laughs> so who's, who's to say someone wasn't coming in right right behind her um, or she was on her way through? So all of those are really valid questions that I'm I'm glad were put in there. Yeah. But to me, also then led to this the great exchange between – uh, the Tectaeon character and and the Doctor of you know Tectaeon saying oh well sorry for you know taking you on the the trip of, of the the journey of a lifetime uh, by taking you and then making you the Doctor 
Mm. So it's a great argument to make, as much as we're talking about it with the angels, the um, the motivations for the Tectayun character, I thought were very valid and yeah. and makes for a great villain to then go, hey, come with me, let's step into the next universe, yeah. just this one just over here, because apparently that's the other end of the wormhole comes out there, mate, and we can yeah. find out exactly where you're from. Yeah. Isn't that and from a scientific point of view, isn't that what you want? Isn't that what right. you want to find out? Right. I thought it was really really juicy and really enticing. It was uh it's an aspect of this series where the, the, the timeless child you know, I don't think it's unfair for even people who, when it was first introduced, were a little bit like, uh, hang on a sec, I don't know how I feel about this, but as the series has worn on, I, I feel like these questions and these motivations and these different takes on what happened has really fleshed out the idea, and I've enjoyed it the more it's been explored. Well, I'm one of those people. I, I didn't really leap onto the timeless child idea. Again, this, this notion that the Doctor's so supremely important. And it seems like that's happening again. There's this... this when it first happened, I was very reluctant to accept the idea. So I was, I was just all in, betting the house on all this information came from the master and therefore it can't be true. Plus, mm. we, did, we haven't seen it. It's been redacted. It, the mm. point where it would say, oh, and it is you and this is what happened was not in the, the memory vaults on Gallifrey as we found out at the end of last season. Yeah. So... Again, it's all just on the word of the doctor's arch nemesis, who's not quite right in the head. Yeah. So, um, and again, just for the doctor to be asking a very similar character, hey, is everything I was told true? And she says yes. And the doctor goes, ah, oh, well, bugger that. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> so I still feel like, well, okay, we'll see if that's true. But there's still this idea of the doctor inspiring people, giving them hope, and that can be problematic. That's a, something that I'm – that bit now I'm starting to bristle against, this idea of she's the most important person in the entire universe to mm. the point that we're going to blow this universe up with her in it mm. because she's the only person that inspires hope. She's the only person who does good things. We're seeing the Belle and Vinda characters out there doing pretty well, and we've met yeah. – you could you would like to think there's more than just uh, – that suggestion says there is no one on planet Earth who can yep. inspire hope. and Not even Oprah? Not even Oprah Tectayun? Really? Yeah. So, she, um, obviously, so that part of cable. it is... <laughs> <laughs> no wonder she wants to get to another universe. It's just like, yeah. it just... I didn't get it. I didn't get a car when they were handing yeah. out cars. Yeah. <laughs> didn't get the, one. The next universe, so thank that you. part of it... So that's the part that I do... I do get a little bit, all right, you know, we've had this before with Matt Smith. The Doctor is the most important person in the entire known universe. Um, I would like to hope that that doesn't end up being the case, but but we'll see what happens. It's now to me about, well, that's what, we keep going on about what Division was when the Doctor was part of it and yeah. she didn't like that. But what is it now? And like where even from where we know the Doctor left Gallifrey as the William Hartnell incarnation onwards, 
is thousands of years for this character as we know it. Thousands. Yeah. Yeah. So what's division now? Is it still, you know, she's saying I'm going to stop division. Well, it might be something completely different now. Yeah. So that, that's now where I'm leading to. We keep being told about it's division, it's division, but the only thing we know about division is what it was, not what it is. Yeah, it seems like it has grown uh, exponentially from its uh, original idea of this little task force that goes around and does a bit of meddling here and a little meddling there and a little push here and a little push there. And now it's Mm. just brought in all sorts of different alien races and has become this uh, quite nefarious. Like it was always, you know, not good, but now it's, it's like a hydra. Its tentrals are everywhere. Well, yeah, and and that then leads to the question of well, what happens when you remove that? You know, right. we've seen in, in recent memory, you know, you, you think you've ousted one despot and then just another one takes its place. You know, there's the happenings in Afghanistan are a pretty good indication of that. You think you're doing the right thing by taking one element out, but then it allows another element to come in. Yeah. So, you know, who, who's to say that, maybe the doctor finds herself in a terrible situation where she realizes oh yeah well if i if i take the vision out just everything could fall apart because it's just so intertwined in in the universe now so that will be an interesting outcome it's also yeah, the yeah. fact that it's ref- this 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 they keep coming back to like when if you knew what division had done if you rediscovered as it was worded in this episode what division has done uh, when you knew you'd never stop hounding, hounding us, it's like, well, meddling in other people's business is kind of what the doctor does too. So I'm still right. waiting to find out what is it exactly? What is division exactly? How bad are they? And, and apart from just erasing the doctor's memory, just like how how bad is it really, really? Right. And I'm sure it's big, but uh, we've got enough information now that – I feel it isn't all of it. So what is it? How how bad is it? And it's going to be very interesting to find out. How would you feel about the reveal of the older woman being Tectoin? Was that uh, something that you expected? Well, I, I'd mentioned that in uh, when we first came up, when she first yeah. came up, that that's immediately who I assumed it was. Right. Um, and, and had missed in the oh, credits that she too. had a different yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, but that's, you know, that's... That's not a big leap, but it's nice to – you throw enough stuff out there. It's nice to have something <laughs> stick to the blanket. So uh, so that was good. I always get a kick out of the, oh, you don't recognize me, do you? You, you go, yeah, because everyone's changing. Last time yeah. we saw you, you were a black man. So, yeah, I don't recognize you as a yeah. white old lady. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I thought there'd be something in the eyes. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it must be sure. a pain in the ass. I don't know how you get about in your day-to-day when someone comes up to you, maybe someone you went to high school and that's maybe only 30 years ago, and yeah. they come up to you and, you and they're like, hey, what, you don't recognize me? And at least their face is the same. It's just aged slightly. Yeah. Imagine being a, a Gallifreyan Time Lord division person where every person's going, hey, hello, what do you mean you don't remember me? I've only had 15 faces since you last saw me. What a nightmare that would be. Oh, yeah, you've just really pointed out what's wrong with Gallifrey. It's full of passive-aggressive assholes. Oh. 
Although, what a great way to never have to really know anybody. Or you could just ignore someone who you really like is the biggest asshole in the world. And you just go, oh, sorry, just since the regeneration. They're like, I haven't regenerated since, yeah, in the last 2,000 years. Are you sure? Oh, just, oh. you know, how we live this crazy world of ours with different faces. Oh, yeah, no, I thought you must have been someone else with that old face. Okay, yeah, that makes sorry, sense now. I would I- use that excuse all the time. Oh, man, I would be leaning into it way too much. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that the touch of Swarm is not death, though. I don't feel like I wasn't really into the idea that she's dead already. I, I, would, I really enjoyed the Darth Vader-esque kind of offer of, mm-hmm. you know, join me, we can rule another universe yeah. together. Uh, what, what do you reckon? Do you think, are we going to discover that they're not being... Uh, destroyed and maybe they're being sent somewhere else where they can be harvested or something? Yeah, well, again, they could just be – they're sort of disintegrating, aren't they, really? Yeah. But, but as we as we move on, it seems they're being turned into these time sprites or whatever they are that yeah. maybe it, it looks like they're just dissolving, but maybe it's just – yeah, they're, again, being stored in – passenger or or something else in the time force for for swarm to use yeah i'm kind of a bit split because there's part of me that you know it's the usual story or or plot device of the person who has all the answers right at the point they're about to give you the answers you know cops an arrow in in the guts or something like that you know the treasure is (laughs) hidden in Or they've just drunk poison, that type of thing. Um, so it's like, yeah, of course, right at the moment, it's like, well, here's all the answers. Uh, she gets taken out. Um, and I'd be fine with that. I don't necessarily need to see her come back. But I'm like you. I'm starting to think, yeah, I don't know that we're just wiping everybody off the board that easily. And maybe it's that's what needs to happen to undo Swarm and, and, and Azure is to have all of these, you know, little mite things that they've, I guess, absorbed somewhat, maybe yeah. fight back against them would be interesting yeah. to see. Yeah, that'd be cool. I uh, quite enjoyed that Swarm and Azur have been playing the long game and using uh, the Doctor as a bridge to get to Division. That was a nice little plot point that came together. Look, mm. is there a possibility next week we're in for an Avengers Infinity War type of ending where Swarm actually wins? Yeah, I'm beginning to think that because I must admit that I was a bit bummed that we they didn't quite bring Swarm Azure back. We've had what feels like two weeks where they haven't yeah. really been part of the A storyline yeah. from the you know the 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 great sort of um, reveal of them and their grand plan to use the Temple of Adropos and stuff like that. So. And I'm just loving the characters, really, really loving the characters. So when they they were back at the start of this episode, I thought, great. And then we very quickly moved on from them until the end. They're they're back again. And Mm. for two characters that seemed like they were going to be our big bads this season, now you've got the, you know, killer old lady gardener. Um, Grand Serpent now stepping up. Yeah. Um, the Sontarans and the Weeping Angels. I was worried that our two big bads who I was really loving were going to get lost in the shuffle a bit. So I'm yeah. glad it seems like at least we're getting back to them. So, yeah, maybe maybe the end of this is uh, is them holding on until 
the next couple of specials before we before we head off. I I, I still can't think or or seem to resolve that everything's going to be wrapped up. Like something has to be left hanging out there, whether it's division or something that the doctor learns about that. But I I can't see with two, I think three specials still to go before Jody wraps up. Yeah. We need something to hang on to. We need something that's still going to be our big reveal. So the idea that, uh, yeah, now we've got multiverses is interesting. It's interesting to sort of see that brought into Doctor Who, which it's almost a surprise that it's never happened before. Well, that is something that you and I have been particularly discussing this for maybe uh, five or six years now, which is uh, the lack of mainstream science and science theory uh, hasn't been that explored that well in Doctor Who. It's uh, it's felt more at times more leaning into the fantasy than the science fiction side of things. And the mention of the multiverse, I was curious to know how you feel about hearing that, considering it is now a mainstream idea because of superhero movies, basically. Well, I was watching this and thinking i wonder when chris chibnall came up with this because right. there's a lot of loki to this yes you know yes. the idea of you've got these troops that are going through time and meddling with people's timelines and then you have a someone who comes in and is trying to stop it from the yeah. outside and there are multiple versions of that character that will form an army to battle to get agency back to the people that are being toyed with yeah like you know if he if he wasn't already inspired by that i reckon he would have been watching loki just going ah shit this is kind of where i was hoping to go (laughs) yeah yeah myself and it's hard not to go well you've had plenty of time yeah but um but it's good to see that it's that it's there so it is it is quite long overdue and how much Will that come into play with things like the, um, again, the fugitive Ruth Doctor? Um, Is she from an actual multiverse as opposed to part of this Doctor's timeline? Will be be one of those things that, yeah, it's it's now a a very real question that that we could find is is the answer that's been lying in plain sight the whole time. It could be... Absolutely fascinating if we discover that uh, the fugitive doctor is a doctor and all of those faces that we saw from the brain of Morbius uh, psychic battle are all of her previous incarnations and they are all from a doctor from a completely different universe. So therefore our timeline with our doctor is complete, but maybe it's from Mm. their timeline. Well, they have, they have, stepped into this uh, idea a little bit in the big Finnish audio dramas. They have had, you know, different actors playing different doctors in different multiverses. Right. So, um, you know, and just as an aside, seeing all our characters off playing, you know, Indiana Jones, I used to always think, you know, Stephen Moffat was the one who was setting up all these gaps for Big Finish to play with. But my goodness, Chris Chibnall is just going, here you go. Yeah. (laughs) Or, um, you know, here you go, Russell T Davies, when you come back, you want to create your own Doctor Who uh, universe yeah. for uh, for streaming or what have you, then here you go. All the all the pieces are in play. Here's all your toys. Enjoy. Um, so yes, this is this this could be a very interesting outcome as to where we could go from here. Because there's also been a lot a lot of people have said, hey, 
when they've sort of been stuck in production with, um, you know, between uh, seasons with, say, Jodie Whittaker and how long a gap there is between, why don't you have a second production team that Mm. are working on a series of eighth Doctor adventures now that... You know, um, we know that this this time lord can jump around in different times and eras. And when they did the um, night of the Doctor with the regeneration of the Paul McGann yeah. Eighth Doctor character, everyone got very excited and went, "Hey, we could finally give this guy the series he never had. He's only had yeah. one TV movie and and a seven minute uh, short. That's that's it, really." Um, and anything else has been audio dramas, which for some people is not existent. So yeah. wouldn't it be great to give him the season that he's always deserved? So this could be a way of, of doing that, where you set up different doctors living in different timelines, played by different actors, would be really exciting. Uh, that's a, definitely an exciting idea. Even, a, you know, imagine a, um, imagine a six-part limited series and it's one – storyline that goes through but it's affecting the doctor in different incarnations so then you get you only have one per episode that would be a fun thing to do as well yeah Uh, exactly while i think of it i have to say the image of the ship between the universes might be one of my favorite images in any episode of doctor who i thought that looked magic oh the one that uh was in yeah yeah i'm always just i just applaud in science fiction in, in general, but then mainly a show like Doctor Who, which is, you know, it's, it's been going on for so, so long. The idea that you have to create planets and races and even character names to kind of, you know, here we were tripping over a Carvin Easter and, well, I was Carvin <laughs> yeah. Easter and Cassavin a couple of weeks ago. You know, you've got to be careful. And I don't know who the keeper of the keys is for, oh, well, you can't even have that character name because that was in Star Wars or Star Trek or, right. or some, you know, Blake's Seven you know, that, that people don't know about. So someone's got to be in charge of all that. So every now and again when even they just go, oh, we need a spaceship or we yeah. need that monolith, you know, they, they go, they uh, bells flying towards this thing called the monolith. Well, what does it look like? When yeah. someone can come up with, like a really cool looking ship like that. At first, I thought it was a, her TARDIS, but right. um, I'm guessing it's it's just a ship. But geez, it does. It looks really slick and and um, contemporary, which sounds weird for a show that's about anywhere in any space in time. Yeah, but I really loved it. I agree. Yeah, she had a sense of uh, the collector in the Marvel universe going around taking the last vestiges of this universe. It, I wonder if whatever she's collected on that ship will be what will be the you know do ex machina of bringing that universe back to life because she'll have everything at her disposal. Yeah, you're right. We did zoom in on the classic Fob Watch character. I mean, if it opens and there's the face of Miss Minutes in there, we're going to be, that's what I think. <laughs> we know that yeah. Chris Chibnall has really borrowed some ideas from somewhere. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, we didn't quite see what all the other little trophies yeah. were. And as she said, any good scientist never throws anything away. So, yeah, what else is in there? Where are they from? It, uh, are they artifacts from other faces of the doctor perhaps yep. um but yeah i really loved that it was a pretty slick 
exterior, but inside just looked like yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a mess. Wires and things hanging everywhere, um, which just suggests yeah, she's just she's been in there for ages and she's just mucking around and just when she needs a new part, she just plugs it in type of thing. I, I yeah. really like stuff like that. Yeah, I love that as well. Uh, you mentioned uh, Yaz and Dan and uh, the professor having their Indiana Jones slash La- La- Lara Croft styled adventures. Uh, <laughs> did that appeal to you as much as it did to me? I was in particular loving little character moments like Yaz giving shit to Dan about, oh, are you from Liverpool? <laughs> Yeah, yes. Um, or even again, shouts to Kevin McNally doing the, you know, just when he's in the uh, the temple. And he's got, yeah. This is delivery of the line, this is spectacular. Like he's just so effervescent with positivity. Just, yeah. I'm just really enjoying it. I did have to accept, put in a box and set aside. That's a lot of traveling to be done in one year. Everywhere they went was in 1904. Um, So we're using a lot of steam power and trains, ships, as we saw, and it's all done in a year. I appreciate we've got some great fake beard work. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that was one of those things I was like, wow, this is taking us not quite a full calendar year. Okay. But, yeah, just coming coming into it where they're already – having this great adventure and quite clearly the um, the relationships are well formed between the three of yeah. them. Just once again, just how all these new characters are being brought in and uh, and working so well together that you go, yeah, I would watch a spin-off series of the year these guys have had going to find all these artifacts to find out when when the world is going going to end so they can meet the doctor there. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've really enjoyed that as well. I, I was happy to see the Joseph Williamson storyline dovetail in again. Uh, look, are the, are the tunnels potentially linked to the malfunctioning TARDIS? Is, and do you think we'll find out what's happening with the TARDIS next week? Or judging by the New Year's Day image, we might have to wait until then, don't you think? Yes, we have the release of the image of what looks like a TARDIS cracking into pieces. So yeah. that's um, that's going to be interesting. So, yes, maybe all of our uh, flux issues are still yet to be resolved by then. Um, yes, it's tricky because you do sit there thinking normally it's a standalone story. You can still have some elements that come through, but mm. y- you're not necessarily going to have your regular viewing fans um jumping on as i should say you're going to have people outside of those regular viewers jumping Mm. in for these specials so it can't just be hey if you missed flux sorry (laughs) yeah um so yeah i will be i will be very interested to see how that plays out but um yeah i don't know um i'm still trying to work that out myself i i feel like i saw on was it door number nine the death door the door that has death With all the yeah. death, don't go through the death door that has all the death. Um, yeah. <laughs> that it, it looked like with all the sketches uh, pausing, you could see there was just a hint of what looked like the monolith that Bell was headed towards, that Vinder landed on, that had swarmed right. there. Yeah. So maybe that's where that leads, and that's either for Yaz and Dan and Jericho, their way to get to the doctor. Or is later on a way for the doctor to get to swarm or at least where his his hideout is. So I think that's where the ominous door number nine takes us. 
It doesn't take us to Christopher Eccleston. Well, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Right. <laughs> if there was some, amazing. if there was some nod to that again, you know, we, um, look, I, I, and I know I'm only building up my own expectations. So if it doesn't happen, <laughs> that's fine. But yeah. I'm still looking at last week. We we got a shot of uh, Kate Stewart is is yeah. going to be here. We're going to get some unit stuff. There's so much going on in this episode and so much more that you could put in that with the cliffhanger we had, I don't think you needed her face to get viewers hooked. We're two episodes out from wrapping this thing up. If you're not in already, I don't think suddenly showing her face <laughs> makes you keep yeah. around. So that would have been a really great, a really great surprise, right? From a show that yeah. didn't even announce that they were coming back to like two weeks before. We've had nearly a year and a bit. And it's yeah. suddenly, well, it's coming back and here's everything. Doesn't yeah. seem like this is the era that we've been accustomed to. So I'm still trying to wrap my head around why are we getting all these goodies beforehand? Um, so maybe, who knows, is is the great reveal that they've managed to land the white whale and, and Christopher Eccleston is coming back. Who you knows? Know, from, he said some nice things about Jodie Whittaker. It probably isn't, but it's a nice thing to speculate at this He's point. He's enjoyed right? his time recording as the character again on Big Finish. The people who made those decisions before have left, that, that he had his rocky issues with, have left yep. Doctor Who and the BBC. So, you know, it can be done. Tom Baker was like this. People would probably yeah. forget Tom Baker, the fourth Doctor, did not come back for the first for the big um, 20th anniversary Five Doctors special because he had yeah. problems with the character and him being portrayed in that way once again and being typecast and issues with the BBC and what have you. Uh, and he he's eventually back in the fold. So, you know, anything's possible. Anything's possible yeah. with time. Dare to dream. Uh, I'm, <laughs> let, let's uh, get into the unit storyline. It seems the Grand Serpent has been playing a long game and his infiltration of unit was a fun reveal over the course of this episode. What is his ultimate goal apart from opening up the earth to the Sontarans? Well, yeah, it seems, uh, I guess he's just trying to take over. It was it was nicely explained by uh, the uh, Doctor's a hologram message to Yaz, which was very sweet. Um, yeah, good moment. I still, I would just like, just once, whether it's Star Wars or Doctor Who or any uh, science fiction film or television series, I feel somewhere in the future cosmos is the ability to have a hologram that doesn't flicker. It's just a beautiful, crisp, clear image. <laughs> yeah, Everybody just on. feels the need to have it just kind of glitch, just rip, 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 rip. Yeah. Um, which is just like that breaks my heart to think at some point in like at no point in the future will we ever fix connection issues, <laughs> even when right. we're able to put here we are, you know, yeah. you and I on a video call from opposite sides of the country. At some point, that would have been impossible and the stuff of science fiction. But yeah. to think no matter how we get there, we still can't fix connection issues is a tough one for me to be able to get past on a day-to-day Mate, just get basis. That, get that hologram, turn it on and off, and get a better connection. <laughs> That's it. That's all you got to do. And maybe, it, well, maybe it's like, you know, old VHS tape. She's watched it so many times. She's just <laughs> yeah, slowly she's wearing it out. Um, <laughs> but there was, I will say there was a really nice sort of uh, fl- uh, flame effect, almost smoking effect mm. around the fringes of the hologram that was really, really cool. Mm. But, yeah, so she mentioned, okay, 
the earth is the last place left because obviously that's bait for the doctor. And so mm. when everyone else has nowhere to go, everybody's going to be running to earth. And that means all these horrible despots and villains and bad guys are all going to be saying, well, I want to be the one to take over it. As far as I can tell, that's the grand serpent. That's all mm. he's here to do. I was actually questioning, I'll put this to you. Do you think this was a character that didn't get the chance to be part of, like he was going to be the big bad for a series that never was because of COVID or was an idea oh, okay. that Chris Chibnall had? I, I'm beginning to wonder, like, geez, maybe he's just kind of been shoved in for a couple of episodes for what would have been a longer story arc that never got to be, do you think? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, it's, uh, I'd love to read the first pitch, you know, the before COVID took over. I'd love to, well, once everything's done and everything's settled, you know, it's always good to go back and unpack where things were going. Maybe you're right with that. Like, I still wonder if the Grand Serpent is going to turn out to be an aspect of Swarm. I'm not totally off mm-hmm. that idea as yet. I, th- I think the Grand Serpent's been great. Uh, I've really yeah. enjoyed every moment with that character. You know, I, off the back of the Grand Serpent, you know, as someone who has a little girl, what would you prefer her not to see? The little shop of horror serpent that crawled out of people's mouths <laughs> in, into his back or a weeping angel? Which one is the more scary thing for you to The serpent. Have? She's, she's yeah. aware of angels. She uh, saw the closing uh, moments of last week's episode. And yeah. was was wondering because uh, she her thing is she knows that the regeneration is coming soon and she doesn't want the doctor to not be a woman anymore. That's her big concern. Right. So when right. uh, I I said to her, oh, yeah, this is where we're at. She was like, is this is this how she regenerates? And I said, no, no, I don't think so. I think you know this is how she's going to get out. And then like it was two days later, and she said, so how did the doctor survive? being a weeping angel i said oh i don't i don't know yet and she said oh well when's the next episode and i said not till monday this is like friday I said not till monday and she said oh you must be struggling with that <laughs> I, was like, I am i am and then when i i told her today what's happened so she was quite happy with the resolution and then mentioned that i was going to uh talk to you about it and look you can choose to keep this in or not. But she said to me, is Hammer with dad? And I said, no, no, he's, he's not. And she said, that's a real shame because I think he'd be so good at it because he's into really fun stuff. Oh, stop it. You know how much so I, I love like, her already. <laughs> so she's, because I was like, you're right. She says, yeah, because he likes, he likes uh, cartoon stuff. He likes comic books because obviously she's been introduced to a lot of really great graphic novels through you. He likes Doctor Who. Uh, so, yes, she thinks she'd be great at it because you like oh. all the fun stuff that we do. I, right. So there you go. No, I so, appreciate yeah, so it. So, yeah, I don't know how she'd go with the idea of this, yeah, weird, you know, yeah. Um, uh, it looks like one of the, the, the face of that – uh, creature from Stranger Things on a yes. snake's body. It's terrifying. Yes. Oh, man, it was really creepy, wasn't it? And the way it just kind of absorbed back into the spine of all places. Yeah, I was waiting Yeah, I was waiting for it to latch onto the back of his head and do something. So when it just like absorbs into him, I was like, oh, that's that's kind of cool and creepy at the same time. I really yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. And, like, yeah. Interesting that he's like, oh, normally I would, you know, have 
as we saw earlier, I just had minions do this for me. Like, I don't know why, why he's been doing that. Like, there's Vinda going, oh, you... Uh, have asked for these this envoy of these two other characters to go off and kill the uh, family of one of your naysayers, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw your name under the bus even at my own expense. You know what would be really easy? Just next time your um, enemy's family are out doing something, just walk past them and release your serpent, your flower-headed serpent on them. Yeah, <laughs> who's gonna know? Who's gonna know? <laughs> No, there's, I don't know. Jeez, did you see that thing? Well, who did that? Why, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Flower head. If I serpent. had that skill, and he's like, oh, I'm, now I've got to bring out the old, oh, you know, fla- f- uh, little shop of horrors snake. Yeah. <laughs> I've moved on beyond this. Yeah. People to do this for me. Oh, mate, things to do. That's, that's, that's what I used to do in the past. I'm, I'm important now. Doesn't want to play. Interesting, yeah. That his his <laughs> his big plan now is to take out Unit is an interesting choice, yeah. Um, yeah. and and the Kate character, which is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was certainly I don't know if it was brought back by Chris Chibnall, but certainly or created, but certainly was in the first time we saw her was in a script that he wrote. Uh, right. So it makes sense that she, he has brought her back. I really love that she's kind of stood up to him and had a yeah. bit of gravitas. That was really cool. Especially yeah. last we heard, she's units gone, she's disappeared. So this is maybe the explanation for why that's happened. She's gone um, dark. Is, is she talking to Zygon Osgood or normal Osgood? I guess right. we'll find out too. Yeah. Um, and all of that was and and look a little nod to um, Nicholas Courtney who played the Brigadier. Yeah. Her 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 storyline father. And a nice little nod to him that I saw in the credits they used his actual voice for in 1967 or whatever it was, um, yeah. which also had a very nerdy nod to the um, post office tower, which yes. was, I think, the War Machines, that story was first Doctor run. So, yeah, like, you know, that- you can get a lot into a little scene, a nice little bit of fan service into just a couple of little lines. It was so good. The uh, the post office tower business is from 1966, and uh, the the uh, audio of uh, Lethbridge Stewart is from part four of Terror of the Autons, which ah, is uh, pretty cool. Um, it's funny. I, I didn't see. I didn't look too much before we started this podcast, but I did see some people saying that the unit timeline is becoming confusing, but. I don't know about you, but when it comes to continuity for TV shows or comics or whatever that have been going on a long time, knowing full well that they were never planned to have this much longevity, the way I just deal with it is things are changing through time and space all the time, and who knows what little ripples just change things permanently. So if there's a little continuity issue, I always have it that, well, there was an adventure in the past that just changed things slightly, and that's how continuity works, and that's how I just get through it, and I enjoy it. Yeah, there's never, ever been a question from me about, well, when were the unit stories actually set, especially around the, you know, Pertwee era? Um, And there's always been a... a, uh, part of fandom that have just not been able to handle that you can't put a timeline on it. It seems like it's slightly into the future. They're not, it's not necessarily in the early part of the seventies when it went to air because they've got some semblance of, you know, borderline futuristic devices. So maybe it was just ahead 
in like the yes. early to mid seventies, but then other stories don't add up chronologically. You just go, don't do that to yourself. So yeah. I think there'd be a lot of people who, and maybe this is just Chibnall throwing the cat amongst the pigeons, or maybe he is trying to say, well, this is when I, it was definitively set. Either way, that's that's not a bone I choose to chew on. I just, no. yeah, I think it's uh, it's one of those ones that the unit timeline has never been one that's really bothered me at all. No, it's I just don't have time to be that exhausted trying to you know work things out and and be angry when they don't quite work. But out. it's nice. It's nice having it back. I certainly like that idea. Um, yeah, yeah. I think the the idea of unit is is one of those ones that it's just nice having it there. Not all the time. Yeah. You know, every time the doctors on Earth doesn't need to call unit. I thought it was very interesting that there's, um, you know, the the. Uh, apprentice grand serpent character facing off with kate stewart and she's like you i know i'm on to you i've twigged people are going missing i even know that you've got some weird snaky thing and i've got a (laughs) neuroblocker in my head and uh watch out mate because i'm coming for you and if you think you're going to stop me well guess what i've got a friend and you don't want me to call that friend i'm like you haven't called the doctor by now wow okay (laughs) at this point i'll be like i would have like Man, before I put the neural blocker in my brain <laughs> to protect oh, myself from the from the little shop of horrors, uh, psychic snake, I maybe would yeah. have just given the doctor a bus, just sent a text saying, "Hey, look, <laughs> new phone, who dis?" But yeah, something we've got something you might need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, be- before we finish, we should uh, also mention uh, Bell and Vindic continue to show off traits that are inherent in the Doctor. Bell stealing a ship and flying off to save people. Vindic standing up to a much more formidable foe. Do you mm-hmm. think their story is going to end well in the finale? I still don't. Um, I'm now, now starting to wonder. Geez, are they? I'm trying to work out who who are they. Uh, yeah, are they the Doctor's parents from the other wormhole? I obviously. Yeah, the, the answer of this is why, as I mentioned last week, this is why we keep hearing uh, that it's a Lupari ship, it's a Lupari ship, it's a Lupari ship, is to, oh, we need you to come and be part of this barrier. And mm. knowing that, uh, that uh, Dan and co are sending their message from 1904 and the Lupari uh, Carbonista saying, oh, I can't time travel, so that suggests that Belle, no matter where she is, is in the current timeline. So my idea of these two, and they obviously there was a little hyperdrive reference that perhaps yep. they are in the time same timeline, says Vinda. So, yeah, I'm actually really, really interested to see who they are. Part of me is like, do they end up being swarming as you? Maybe. Right. Um, but the fact that Vinda's sacrificed himself to get into passenger very willingly swarm said i could smell you and he was like i thought you could almost like that was the plan and now yeah. he's recruiting die so there and i guess anybody else has been taken so maybe yeah, like and- you say this is part of when someone disintegrates they all now will be an army that can explode and refill the universe and take out swarm and azure but um the the deal i think it is graham who's playing uh bell I'm loving mm. her. I love the character. Oh, yeah. I would I yeah. would watch an entire series with her yeah. in the lead. She's yeah. just there's a playfulness, uh, but also a, an authority about her that I really really like. Um, and yeah, a reference to her saying, you know, I swore an oath to help those in distress. I still haven't quite got who these two people are. 
Where are these yeah. characters from? What do they do? I know they're very, very good people, but swore an oath to who? Who was Vinder working for that he got fired from, that he was a great pilot and did these brave things? That's all still up in the air. So, you know, we've got we've only got the one episode to go, but it doesn't take much for just, as we discovered in this episode, it's like two scenes with big chunks of dialogue yeah. and you can get a lot of information and a lot of reveals out. So to see where these two lead will be very interesting. Diane has and I'm, become I'm excited pretty- for it. Yeah, so am I. Uh, Diane's become quite militant in in the passenger, hasn't she? She's uh, wouldn't you? I guess <laughs> yeah. not having a crack, but it was just she's, great to see. Uh, she's ready to take. She's been taking names, and now she's ready yeah. to kick ass with those names. <laughs> so that's going to be great. Um, and I, I and again, I like this idea we've built in this series a, a bunch of well rounded characters on both sides, good and yeah. bad. That you know we're going to have. It's, I see. I, I feel like there's going to be some kind of monumental battle next week. Um, there's not too much more we need to, you know, stop the flux and save the day. There's still a bit of work to wrap every everyone. You know, getting back to their timelines. I guess uh, that doesn't take too much. But there still needs to be a lot of uh, questions answered. And do we have enough time to do that? Which ones? Uh, to be continued makes yep. for a really fascinating finale, I think. You know, we could be about to see the universe get destroyed and we discover that the Doctor has been in the wrong universe since she fell in her first episode onto the train. Maybe she fell into the wrong universe and this is a universe that gets destroyed. So then when the new Doctor takes over, it's the it's the original Doctor that we followed all the way through, including Jodie's Doctor, and then they're back in the universe that the adventures have always been in up until her first moment. I can't accept a universe where Graham is not in the same space oh, as me. Brutal. I'm sorry. No. Um, well, we've, we've, had references to, we've had references in classic uh, era... Uh, Doctor Who of like e-space and living outside of of this time and space and universe. But um, Warrior's Gate is another episode that kind of covered this sort of, you know, world between worlds stuff. But we we haven't gone full multiverse. So when you add that to the mix... Yeah, man. I, I don't know if you've watched any of the DC stuff that you, we get on Foxtel here. Um, Supergirl and The Flash and Arrow. Yeah. Um, the Flash in particular loves dealing with multiverse stuff and they've killed off yeah. characters and, and brought them back from, you know, here's, here's another version of that character from a multiverse. Yeah. Um, and it's only about two, three seasons later that you realise, yeah, that's right, it wasn't the original guy. He's, he's gone. This yeah. is now... Yeah. You know, version four of him from Earth yeah. 12. So, yeah. Um, yeah, when you put that in there, it does mean, it, like, anything is possible. You can just detonate this whole thing and then from here on in we're living in a, in a different multiverse. We may even find that various incarnations of the Doctor, maybe this is why Unit has been brought in to point out, how, you know, all those times you're like, why doesn't this add up chronologically? Well, maybe it wasn't happening on our Earth in our timeline. You know, every regeneration has put a doctor in a different time and space. None of it actually happened on our Earth, in our universe, as we know it. Why not? Why not? It, it seems like she's going to go back to the crooked house in the crooked in the crooked universe. Yes, and I'm wondering if that is maybe that will be her 
uh, opening up the the little Gallifreyan device that uh, you know brings back her memories. Well, we see uh, interestingly that it's Swarm and Azure who seem to be really into the idea of the Doctor knowing what happened and mm. those memories, and of course. There's the, from episode one, the first time we saw Swarm was, I know you, we have fought a long time over, over many different incarnations. I remember it all and you don't. Mm. Um, so there's, that's still very interesting to me. And um, the fact that it looks like Azure is the one that opens the uh, stop with the fob watch that has the doctor's memories in them. So they want her to remember. Well, why is that? Um, well, that really gets me excited. So the main there's some great fun stuff to be resolved, but the main stuff is yeah the the Doctor's history and the Vinda and Bell characters are the two big ones that I and I guess to a, an extent Swarm and Azure, um, you know where they're from and and why. Uh, those are my big highlights that I'm looking for next week. How many of them will be answered? I guess we will see, but um, I don't feel, I don't feel it's just going to be thrown away. Um, no. I'm excited to find out. And, and again, do we have a big, is there a big wow to take us into the Christmas special? We got Daleks. Yeah. We got a shot of Daleks. So yeah. Cybermen, everybody's, everybody's back next week. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Like, I'm starting to really get into this idea that she's been in the wrong universe the whole time. We find out in this universe the Doctor is the timeless child, but when our Doctor returns to our universe, she retains all the mystery because this version doesn't know who she is and doesn't know what her past is. So you can you can take all of that into yeah. account. You get a nice mystery solved and then you still have mystery. Yeah, you start bringing all that sort of multiverse stuff into it. And, yeah, what what does any of it really matter? And yeah. I think if that was the outcome, I think the wonderful irony of people being outraged because something that has probably been put there intentionally to say none of it really matters, you know, it's a it's a it's an alien whose face changes in a time and space police box. None of this. Don't overthink it. Please don't yeah. overthink it. And yet it will it will make them overthink and make them get really mad. So part of me almost <laughs> wants that to happen. Uh, just a couple of numbers things to finish off with that I thought you might yes. find interesting. Uh, I didn't have a lot of time, uh, you know, between watching it and getting things prepared for us. But I, I noticed that the 22... Uh, number in uh, for the uh, the special, the New Year's Day special, the twenty two yes. in the uh, uh, advertising was an infinity sign, and so I thought oh. I'll just do a little research on the number twenty two and what see what comes up, and the first thing that came up, and I haven't had time to delve right into this, but this is literally the first thing that I saw was uh the number 22 in spiritual guides is named the master number because of its powerful vibration that comes from the desire of your angels they're often telling you you're on the right path in your life and your dreams will turn to reality might be a coincidence just thought i'd throw it out there man you are that's that's not a squid bit that's Oh, that's a huge part of a squid. That's a full tentacle. Um, that's incredible. Wow. And that's just at a cursory search as well. Just really nice. 
might, really not, nice. might not mean anything, but kind of tasty. And the other thing is well, something that I keep forgetting to mention to you is I love how the dates in the TV show coincide with the dates that it airs in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah. And we have been told that the world ends on December 5th, and that is next Sunday. Uh, yes. But there's a possibility because we won't get the episode till the 6th in Australia – can we assume they win, or is there a possibility we won't get the finale? Well, we we should know by now, won't we? Um, yeah, right. If there's no reviews come, if there's no reviews coming in, <laughs> that's, that's a like, bad uh, sign. Yep, it happened. Okay, done. they didn't they didn't pull this off. Oh, you know, at least at least in this multiverse, anyway. Yeah, yeah. look, there's a little bit of uh, also that extra frustration of well, if you were scripting the dates for when this was going to happen, you could have let us know sooner. With a bit of yeah. pre-publicity that it was coming. It's not yeah. like, oh, we just had to sort of slot it in where we could. You had six episodes that are very date-specific. Yeah, uh, It almost makes me a little bit more um, frustrated that we only just got the lead-up to what is a great series. It would have been so, so much better, I think, for the show that they heralded its, its arrival because yeah. I think it's been sensational and it would have been nice to have a bit more of a wait for it. I suppose they don't want people thinking about it too much and speculating and leaks getting out. But uh, look, for what it is, I've just been enjoying it and I'm really looking to see, looking forward to seeing where we go and more importantly, where to next after yeah. this time next week. Oh, my God, if we're all yeah. still here. If we're all still here, fingers crossed. Uh, it's going to be bittersweet next week because I can't wait for the finale, but I've loved doing this podcast with you and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, what we get to discuss next Monday. I know you do. I hope you said I miss you too, or that bit's weird. always a big thank you to Roe for hanging out with us today to discuss Doctor Who. No one better to hang out with to have a chat about this stuff and it's just been a really fun five weeks and we've only got one more to go. Ah, it's bittersweet, but as always... Rove's fantastic. Also, a big thank you to our patron for the episode, David Brogno. I hope you enjoyed this episode and what we have coming up for the end of the year. Remember, if you'd like to contribute to the podcast, but the Patreon is a bit too much to commit to. And, you know, I say that knowing that it has been a tough, you know, two years and we're heading into Christmas, which is some stressful shit. So... If you want to uh, contribute, but Patreon is a bit too much to commit to at this point in your life, you can write a top review on Apple Podcasts. You can recommend us to people you think who might enjoy our work over here or just, you know, continue enjoying the podcast. There's no wrong way to be a part of our community. I'm going to finish today with a quote from Peter Capaldi. This popped up in my feed last week. I feel like he's a doctor that doesn't quite get enough love. I know there's some real fans of his, but, you know, it'll, we're at the end of the podcast. There's no point getting into it right now. But I think this quote from his perspective sums up possibly why people don't quite have the same love for him as they should. Capaldi said, I wanted to be a more distant and alien doctor because that's how I remember William Hartnell being a kid in Glasgow on dark winter nights when this strange figure with the white hair and slightly irate voice could open this portal to a magical world. The default now is a kind of cosmic imp, which is great, but I wanted to touch the dark winter nights. I'm not sure whether the brand supports that anymore, 
But that's what I was interested in. Capaldi, one of the greats. Until then. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.